digger here and ain't no wannabes here with some not so nice advice for your writing career to be clear no punches will be pulled but the punch may be spiked how they like before they get on the mic to my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty and if I piss her off believe me she'll come after me and her co-host Matt Evan Wallace on the right yes she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight so settle in folks buckle in and boot up time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up it's hard work but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! Ditch Diggers! It's officially live from the beach. It's officially Ditch Diggers. If you tuned in earlier to our <laughs> test and everything, you probably... I don't know why you're back, but we appreciate it. Um... I am here in Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, on the Outer Banks with Gwenda Bond. We're doing a... Famous Devil Killer. Famous Devil Killer. Famous <laughs> Devil Killer? <laughs> Actually, long story for later. Okay, story for later. <laughs> uh, we're doing Ditch Diggers here live. Um, oh, we're sorry Cameron can't be with us, but yes, she we is. Are. Uh, unfortunately, my tech setup will not allow for Zoom calls or Meet calls or anything because my Mac... I stopped using my Mac to stream a long time ago because of boring technical reasons. But so now this is just my phone, and uh, Gwen and I are here to talk about ditch digger stuff and uh, the fact that we're—I don't know about you—but I'm a little glazed, eyes glazed over from writing about three thousand words today. And uh, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to sit in a big ass house. Uh, we do. We each have our own floor. Yeah. I write on the third floor, and I wrote. 4,000 words today, which yeah. is an insane amount you, for me. You, you beat me. You beat me. I, I'm, I do not usually write. You had a meeting. I, I wrote did. the last 1,000 while you were in your meeting. That's right. You cheated. And I don't have a phone. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Christopher says, there's no such thing as a boring technical reason. There's only intensely interesting technical those reasons. Those were those kind that swooped down and fished from the sea, not seagulls. So, pelicans? Them. Pelicans. Okay. I don't know all the bird names, so I, I wait for Mer to say their real names. I like the little ones, too. <laughs> anyway, hi, Christopher. Thank you for dropping in. And uh, essentially, the incredibly interesting technical reason is the fact that Macs really don't like audio. They don't like And our internet anything. here is terrible. And the internet here is terrible. But, I mean, I, I had already planned on not doing it because the Mac doesn't like audio, so um, that is why we're doing it on the phone, and I hope my battery doesn't run out. I just realized. Oh, God. Um, is it your, that your Mac? My Mac is cord, if it's no, the same No, I'm more talking about my phone, because oh. that's the one doing the heavy lifting. Anyway, so I'll we're here to do... I'll action. Okay. That's right. There's two of us. You can just <laughs> run downstairs and get that cord. That's right. And I have a long one. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um... I can see Winecast, yes. Hello, the kids are asleep. Um, unfortunately, my bot's not awake because it's not here. So, everybody, uh, shout out, kids are asleep. You need to follow her and her awesome streams and her awesome books. She will be on either I should be writing her Ditch Diggers in the future with her new book coming out. Um, bot is also drinking, of course. What is that book, though? Say it. Now, see, you're telling me, like, you're putting me on the spot because I can't remember the exact title. So thanks a lot, Gwenda. Um, <laughs> it's cool. Look, I'm a it's hype cool. woman. I know I'm you're a hype, hype woman. woman. I don't. I'm not good at my own book titles. Me either. 
I make Christopher come up with them. Yeah, I got it. Here we go. You just talk. Vamp. Also, Fault Tolerance. <laughs> Fault Tolerance, book three. Chilling Effect, which... Chilling Effect was book one. Nominated for the Clark Award. Uh, Prime Deceptions, book two. Fault Tolerance, book three, comes out in a couple of months. Awesome. So, uh, Valerie Valdez and... And Christopher came up with a title for someone today. Well done. Shayla's here. Uh, yes, Fault Tolerance. I'm very sorry, kids are asleep. I'm very sorry. Well, I should say Christopher has a book out next week. You should say. Christopher is in the chat. My husband, who's These Prisoning Hills novella um, mm. set in future Appalachia with a giant robot and a hardened war veteran heroine, comes out next week and is amazing from Tor.com novellas. Has a giant robot on the cover, which is really good because they do great covers. They do do great covers. It's 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 actively physically hurting me that you said it wrong. But I'm gonna try to respond like respect where y'all are from. Appalachia <laughs> or Appalachia? Is that Appalachia, what you say? Appalachia. You guys both are right. Both are right. I mean, I did. Where are you from? I'm I from. Suppose. No, I didn't say where are you from. I'm saying where you're from. I'm from on the. How you I'm say actually it. from the poorest county in the entire nation, according to the the New York Times, even in Appalachia. <laughs> Jackson County, Kentucky, represent. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Starman, Firefighter. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Is this when we got in a feud? Is this when we became enemies instead of our common enemy, Chad, next door, who jogs? Wait, and or, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold up on chat. What did we talk about our enemies? Appalachia, These? Appalachia. Oh, this is where we come. Oh, no. There's, there's, right. there's a lot more reasons to be enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any you sense. Anyway. You don't want to be my enemy. I'm just kidding. I know you I don't want to be here your lovely me. beach house. You, you, you terrify me. I mean, come on. <laughs> She's got a dress that you that she can murder people in. <laughs> Only because the Brent is so loud it would hide anything. She does. She stays. just so very proudly came up to me and I complimented her dress. And she's like, oh, yeah, the print is so amazing that I could murder somebody and it would not show. So I'm calling it a murder dress. I think uh, Ty Frank wants a murder dress. Well, I know where to get them. Poshmark. Yeah. It's a certain brand, a certain era. I've got two now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Christopher, we are going to be talking about the nebulas. Um, and thank you for the link, Kids Are Asleep. Uh, oh, I Kids Are Asleep put the... in Christopher's uh, book. Oh. The chat. Kids Are Asleep's good with that. Valerie's awesome. Excellent. Anyway, we're getting started. We're doing the thing. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Nebula Weekend. We're going to be talking about what happens when you sequester yourself in a house and write many thousands of words. And we're probably going to talk about Chad Next Door, and it is Ditch Digger Season 8, Episode 8. <sighs> Dear Chad Next Door. Dear this Chad is Next from, Door. <laughs> this is from the apparition on the screen porch at midnight when you're drunk. I will be wearing a sheet and making spooky noises and telling you to live your life in a better way. You know, saying you're going to be wearing a sheet and making <laughs> spooky noises, that kills it. That Chad's just... not on Twitch. <laughs> he is out Baywatch cosplaying right now. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Is he still out there? Wait, Chad, we don't... Chad, Chad and Travis. 
you know. Earlier when we were testing, they ran by <laughs> and dropped and did push-ups and yeah. on the beach in front of the house, which, frankly, I found extremely gratifying, not because we could see them well or anything, but just because it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Anyway, we are we are live from the Ditch Digger Manor Extension Ditch Digger beach, Manor Ditch Digger Manor Extension Beach House in Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. It is the Ditch Diggers with Merle Lafferty and guest star Gwenda Bond. Hello, Gwenda. Hello. This is how this is how the show officially starts. Oh, okay. See, sorry. Pattern before sorry. The, the people. I am apparently not communicating with anybody about anything today. So that's all right. Cameron, you wrote 3,000 words. I did write 3,000 words. Or, actually, because I had to delete a couple. Yes. So, net 3,000. But gross. So, probably like 10,000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably 10. <laughs> um, yeah, we're here to write. Uh, it is a long story that doesn't need to be <laughs> detailed, but essentially, there was a beach house, and... I suggested that uh, some friends come write with me, and they, um... And we were like, oh my god, this is what we've been praying for. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, we got Gwenda now, we're gonna have a couple other people show up later, which is cool, and, um, but right now it's just me and, um, Gwenda and a house with seven bedrooms, so... <laughs> Murr's already moved to two of them. Yeah. You've been in two of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different story. But there's, uh, yeah, I, I have taken over the basement game room. Um, I've already hooked up my Switch. I feel very, very accomplished there. Hooked up my Switch to the, 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 the TV down there. And um, took over the table and wrote a lot of words. A whole lot of words. And I so rearranged many. the living room. Yes, you did. There's lots of rearrangement going on here. So we are just trying to write, write. as many words as we can because we both have looming deadlines, yeah, and as then, you do. And then, like, Pelican, speak, <laughs> speak in a way that is like understandable to people. Then, without it's going to get worse. It is, do you it do is. this every day? No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. No, I, ditch stickers is every Monday. Oh, okay. I should be writing as Tuesday and Thursday. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Because it would get worse. It would. As the week goes on, it, it will get, will get we worse. We could do one on Friday just for the hell we of it. Should. Yeah. We should. Yeah. Ursula will be here. Yes! <laughs> you should turn the camera. It's really... There are like eight pelicans that just flew by right outside the window. There in are. a chorus line of pelicans. That's right. That's right. But that's not why people are... <laughs> Watching, I don't think. And if they are, there's probably a pelican cam you can find on Twitch. I saw a dolphin pod this morning. You did. You did. I thought I was being brave and staying in and writing. <laughs> and she got rewarded for going on a walk with a dolphin pod. I wrote a thousand words and I thought, that's the most I've written in weeks because I've been super busy at home, right. which is one of the reasons this is coming at a great time. So I thought, I'm going to go for a walk. And I walked outside and immediately when I got to the beach, I saw this little tail flip up. Mm -hmm. And I thought... Am I seeing things? <laughs> and then an older couple said, there's three dolphins out there. And then I walked further, and there's like a whole, whole bunch of them just mm -hmm. hanging out. Oddly. No, I think they're supposed to do that. No, I know. I meant yeah. the people. Oh, the people, There were people near where they were hanging out, and I hope the yeah, they don't care about that. them. No, they don't, they don't care about care. that. We've been out on sea kayaks before, Good. and the, the, the dolphins so are just like, sup? They and, were so joy-drinking. Yeah. 
They're pelicans. And we did not feed the dolphins or touch the dolphins or more hoping the dolphins didn't capsize us or yeah. anything. So, anyway. Um, that's so, where we are. That's where we are. There, there are many seabirds outside. <laughs> and uh, much more excited about the birds. And we're very excited about the birds and we're very excited about the writing we did. The today. words. Very we're proudish. excited about the birds and excited about the words. That's right. And there's your episode title. No, there's better times. <laughs> I'd rather have the title be about chat. Okay. There are, there are people next door who um my my comment to my family was I remember my first beer too. Oh. Um there were people screaming, laughing, and I was thinking <laughs> Nothing's that funny, and if if you're high, then just eat a cookie and shut up. Exactly. And if you're trying to get that guy, he's not that funny, and he doesn't deserve it. So yeah, it was just look. It's nine thirty. <clears throat> Can you keep it down? <laughs> it went on a lot longer. Than it did. Period. It did. It was on your side worse, I think, than mine. Yeah. So Gamer Grandpa wants to know, did we bring the doggos? No, this is a doggo-free house, and uh, doggos are currently back home with the family. That's right. Um, I miss the doggos. A lot. The, the, the slightly injured geriatric doggo is, um, as far as I understand it, um, trying to manipulate the family right now. Um, he is a devious little asshole, and um, yeah, so he's feeling better, I'm pretty sure. Because he's... That those old tricks. I, I have sworn around this vet. I feel so bad for her because I've been so frustrated with my dogs. I have just, like, dropped all filters. And when, when he was feeling better but still acting sick last year, I just basically, when the vet called to check on him, I'm like, oh, he's a little asshole. He's a complete asshole and he's fine. And, yeah. <laughs> See, he liked it when we were, like, hand-feeding him because we were trying to coax him to eat because he didn't feel like eating. Later, when he felt like eating, he's thinking, this hand-feeding thing's pretty cool. <laughs> and so he kept trying to... Yeah. Um, anyway, don't, I think the doggos are fine. They're home with, their, with two of their three people. So Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Um, I mean, one is a lab who doesn't like water. And the other one is a little bit too much of a rambunctious pit who's not... We don't really want out with people. None of our dogs like water and only one, two of them like people. Mm -hmm. So I feel you. I'm glad you understand. <laughs> it's, it's weird when you have a dog that's not the best socialized. You feel like you're the only person in the world and everyone oh. else is like, oh, my dog bit three people. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, our worst socialized dog is the one we got as a puppy who has had every advantage. So she is literally the oh, poster yeah. child for her. sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's just how they are. Yeah. Anyway, so what I wanted to talk about besides the um, awesome opportunity to go to a place like this and focus only on writing and apparently going to the grocery store and getting grocery store sushi, which is really good on the it coast. It was really good. Really good on the coast. Um, is the fact that the nebulas were this week and it was very exciting on a multitude of levels. So I felt bad because I was trying to get ready for this trip. and. Um, I missed it. It's like, I remember, I have watched the last three Nebulas very eagerly online. Like, three times ago, I was just watching because I wasn't there. And then two, the, the last two years were virtual. They decided to go virtual again this year. Um, but I missed it this year, and I felt bad because my friend Divya was up for Best Novel. Yay! 
And uh, Premium Muhammad was up for novella. You had the thing up, didn't you? Oh, somewhere. And yeah, um, I, it, it just, I was, I'm very honored to have known several people. Tons of great people. Our member of mine and Christopher's writing group, uh -huh. Alex Harrow, was up for at least one. Yeah, Jason Sanford with Plague Bird, The Desolation Called Peace, Arcadia Martin, um, Machine Book. I love yeah. all of these people. And the, win and the ultimate work. winner, uh, Master of Gin by P. Jelly Clark. Um, Such was, a great book. He has written amazing things. Every time he... Okay, I don't know all of his work, but it feels like every time he writes something, it ends up on a word list, but I don't think he's won anything yet. But he won the Nebula for Best Novel this year, and I'm Yay. so thrilled for him. Um, he does amazing work. I and have to say that Unbroken was yeah. one of the, my favorite books I read last year. I wanted too. to mention The Unbroken I love that yeah. book. Yeah. That was good. You've been sleeping on it. <laughs> Sleep no more, but not like the show, because that's a weird reference it for is. me to make. Yeah. We have a friend who's obsessively seen it, like, many times. I'm getting more obsessed with the after party. We've seen it twice, and then I bought the soundtrack, and I've listened to uh, Jasper's three songs Ooh. many times in the past couple of days, and I'm probably going to make Gwenda at least watch the first two episodes I so she can see I will watch it. The, the, the Jasper's episode. One of, what, actually, one thing that's fascinating about the after party, yes, we're going everywhere with the topics here, um, is apparently it's a millennial murder story. What makes it millennial is there's like a lot of character movement on a lot of people to not only solve the murder, but also improve their lives in some way, which I thought was fascinating that it was specifically a millennial murder story. And, um, it's very interesting. It's also got, if you saw Fleabag, the really, really, I mean, they made him look much uglier than he is. Um, the really ugly guy, Jamie, whose last name I can't remember, but he yeah. was, Jamie, who slept with, with the woman from Fleabag a couple of times, and he shows up as Walt, who nobody remembers from high school. And the guy is, he, he's so awkward that you know he's a comedy genius. He's just... There are so many British actors that can go oh, yeah. from, like, can do that, the, like, the, whatever, what we would call in the past in a sexist way, the hot librarian for information. Yeah, yeah. Right? Who can play, like, the absolute dork and yeah. dweeb, but, and then who can play, like, the idealized... Well, I haven't seen him play, like, the super hot guy, but I'm just saying he was he was not overly made up to be ugly in the after party, but he's very <laughs> awkward. He's oh, awkward. Okay. Nobody remembers him, and he's just... I haven't seen this yet. He's so. beautifully... Just like nobody remembers him, and he tries really hard, but he tries really hard in that really awkward way that just kind of makes everyone go like, "Are you listening in on us?" Or are you, and he's still talking to me. Yeah, you? exactly. <laughs> so I, I highly recommend this this murder mystery. It's on Apple Plus. Um, Apparently, we'll be watching it later if the internet is good enough. Yeah, Christopher's already saying the signal's breaking up. I'm sorry. Oh no. Um, and yes, I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh, Oh, and Christopher missed it because he was recording the Code Street podcast, which won the Hugo last year, didn't it? Yes. Hugo award-winning podcast. Well done, Christopher. <laughs> um, good place to be on. <laughs> Why do I want to imply... Never mind. What? I thought, it so it, I thought it sounded like I was saying good job, Christopher. Would it be better if I closed my computer? No, I wasn't looking at it. No, no, no. I mean, like, for the signal. I don't know. 
Or if I turned my I Wi-Fi know, off. I, okay. Maybe if I turn... I have no idea. I'm going to turn my Wi-Fi off. The internet is not good here. So, anyway. The but don't they know that people come to beach houses to work? To write? Know. To... I, I mean, know. maybe they do know. And they're like, all right, writers in the house. Let's dial that internet back to like three. <laughs> That's what the secret rooms are hiding. That's right. There are lots of rooms that are locked that say private. They're doing like some kitchen cupboards locked. They don't say private, but they should because they're locked. But okay, so kids are asleep. Says it's okay again now. So I guess you close. Maybe the I turned off my Wi-Fi, right, so, so that helped. Here you can see the chat too. Um, okay. Yes. So the nebulas. Uh, Premium Mohammed also frequently in chat during I should be writing won the nebula for. Uh, oh, you lost. We, we lost your list. Oh too, yeah, we? we did. So uh, nebula. Oh, no. <laughs> Nebular Award 2022. You could just let people in the chat look it up. I could, but you know, I want to speak about it. I don't want to say, like, okay, who won for novella? Well, let's talk about it. As soon as someone tells me. No, I don't want to do that. Oh, stop. Yeah, no. They, this uh, is oh, the, there we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> about the awards. No one keeps. Okay, so. And what can we offer you tonight by Premi Mohammed? Premi is an amazing author, and I'm so glad that her uh, novella got the nebula. I was yelling at her in all caps today, and she yeah, yelled yeah. back in all caps. It was very sweet. Um, and uh, Novelette O2 Arena. I tried to pronounce his name. I apologize if I do it wrong. I'm gonna. Okinachokwe, Donald Ekby. Um, super hot right now. He's like a major force in uh, advocacy for a lot of Nigerian and I guess African overall writers mm -hmm. because it's there's a lot of problems getting money there because there have been some scams, but also it's like you've got people who are writing science fiction right. and selling it around the world who can't get paid. It's, I mean, any, and any American writer who's ever sold foreign rights knows it is, it costs money, yeah. like, to get paid. If you live here, too. I mean, yeah. it's just a terrible state of affairs. Yeah, and it costs a lot more just to get the money there. And yeah. he has, and I think, was it PayPal tried to just, like, say, gonna cut off your yeah or Amazon I can't remember what it was but he has been a major advocate for getting African voices to the world science fiction stage and he's a great writer himself so very excited for him where he's gonna go next because he's nominated for the nebula I think he's not he's nominated for the Hugo in editor and I think one of his fiction pieces is nominated for the Hugo so my brain is this whole swished cheese so well I I don't remember everything but I do remember how amazing he's gotten a lot of oh no I remember year. that I just don't remember what's on I don't remember what's on what exactly is on right. the Hugo's ballot without looking it up right well I just looked up the nebula so Sarah Pinsker always amazing yeah open hearts together one for short story um unfortunately I'm not getting like the whole list I'm just getting the winners so, uh, Andre Norton Nebula Award, uh, Snake Falls to Earth by Darcy Little Badger. Very cool. Yes. Ray Bradbury Nebula Award for WandaVision Season 1. I didn't vote for it, but it was, it, it was powerful, but I think the, uh, I think the end result of it, people disagreeing as to who the bad guy was in WandaVision. Yeah, like, yeah. If you can't agree on who the antagonist was, 
you got a little bit of a... I mean, who hasn't brainwashed a town? I know. And, and, and you know, played with, them as, and played with them as your puppets to right. make your life better. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys should have internet if you're trying to write. Yeah, Firewriter. Cover label, wine stash, stay out. Uh, no, we, we, well, we went out and got our own wine, so they can't stop us. <laughs> I mean, that's the reward, right? Yes. Thank you, kids. Honestly, you got to turn that brain off in some, yeah. some way. Don't check behind the brick wall in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. where Merce's writing. <laughs> That's not where I'm writing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do think it's funny that you pick like the darkest, most innermost look, part of the house. <laughs> look, this room is lovely and well lit. You're not seeing a very interesting corner of it, but basically this is where there's light from outside and we're, we think we're near the router. We don't know because there's there's a, a cabinet over there that's locked and says private. But Gwenda figured out that's the best place where there's a, a signal. And it's, it's well lit. And there's the ocean out there. And clearly there are a bunch of birds because Gwenda can't I've been writing on, on the Well, no, I, I wrote 4,000 words right you there did. on that couch. How many without would, even using my alpha smart. How many would you have gotten had you not seen the birds, though? Not more. Okay. I mean, I, nature helps me. Okay. Christopher's Na working on a writing patio at our group oh, space nice. right now. Nice. I'm very excited, even if it won't have seabirds. Yeah. Christopher, get seabirds. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just worry that I will be frequently encouraged to look up and look at the waves and look at the birds. Oh and no! Stuff and I downstairs. don't do that when I'm writing. I take, I take a break. I'm talking about why I chose the basement. Clearly, you've got more impulse control than I do, but. <laughs> I chose the basement because it is, it is, you know, I can play music down there and it's, I'm near the beach. I just can't see it. And look, it works for me. It does. It's working. Work. You did amazing. More than that. Gross. I just can't. You're like 10,000. <laughs> I mean, I just That's true. No one can check me. You can't prove it. So, Yeah. Have you ever used Pacemaker? That's what I'm I using have. this time. And I'm finally catching up to the pace that I set myself that I have not I don't been. think I've ever used Pacemaker, like, actively. I've I've played with it. Yeah. Is it Pacemaker.io? Yeah. No, it's like no. Pacemaker.press. Yes, Pacemaker.press. It's an awesome tool. It is. If, you, if, you, like, if you've ever used NaNoWriMo, how they um, take, you know, they'll tell you, you want to write 50,000 words in a month. Or starting. Right. You're in, but you're starting on the seventh. It'll tell you how many words you need to write to catch up to do those fifty thousand words. Pacemaker takes it a different level where you can say, well, I can't write a lot on the weekends, or I can write a lot on the weekends and not on every weekday, or I need to start small and build up to it, or you know, you whatever can, your process yeah. is normally. Like, do you write more in the middle? Do mm -hmm. you write more at the end? Yeah. So you can say, I write the most at the end. So she'll say, okay, do 200 words today, 300 words tomorrow. And by the end of the day, end of the month, you're doing like 4,000 words. And the thing that's and interesting to me is that like, I have not done a good job because I've been so busy, but knowing that I'm only missing a small amount of words makes mm -hmm. it feel more like I can make them up. So the panic is less. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. I think I'm I'm too close to the end to where it's all going to oh, be a big sure. number. It's sure. all going to be a big number, right. so I don't need to use pacemaker. But it is very useful. Thank you, kids are asleep. Told you she gets the she gets those URLs. Wow. She's awesome. Awesome. Um, so yeah, pacemaker is awesome, and 
Yeah. You For those it. of us that, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure these people know, but I don't know that I ever talked to you about your actual, I mean, we talk all the time in the Slack that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I know what your general process looks like. My process is someone with ADHD who's been trying to develop a process since about 2001 mm-hmm. when I lost my job so and started to try to be a writer for real. Um, ideally, it is get up early, take care of the dogs, and start writing. Mm-hmm. I can easily be distracted by many things, whether it's fun like the internet or not fun like dirty dishes. Or laundry, whatever, whatever can distract me, I will let it. Um, and I, I do my best writing in the morning. Mm. But I also like, but, but there's a little part of my brain that's a complete asshole that says, I, if I just do these couple of things that are on my mind, then I can have a clean slate to write. Oh, which is bullshit. And those couple of things yeah. take like an hour and a half. For me, they take four hours. I was... I was <laughs> learned. I was I've minimizing, learned. honestly. I um, used to write in the mornings, and I did here, um, because, there's no, because there's nothing, but like I easily have just kind of fallen into a rhythm where... Okay, I don't have to do anything until the afternoon, which mm-hmm. is a dangerous place to be if this is what you do for your living. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm. I mean, and I always tell people when I teach, like writing in the morning is the way you guarantee that you write. And if if, if that's your thing, some people don't like. Some to write people in the don't like. Some people are are night owls, or their schedules don't permit, or whatever. Right. Well, GamerGrab, 21-year process development, got it. That implies that I've succeeded in developing a process. <laughs> I don't... I, I, I did discover... Um, one thing they don't tell you when they do that whole, like, oh, mornings are... Like, planning your morning is the way to do it. Like, get become productive and amazing. And I mispronounced productive. But... Um, I like produ- productive. Produ- <laughs> productive. Anyway, I... Uh, I've lost it. What? Your morning. No, the morning. Okay, so, but I discovered the secret, which nobody ever told you, is you you, you have to do stuff at night to set up the Oh, morning. absolutely. So it's like, if I can make sure that, like, the dishes are done, and, and my husband and I have a system. I, I talk about it like I'm doing them all, and that's not fair. We have a system, so he's got to do his part, and I do my part. Get those all done, and then... Um, like, even set up the dog's food for the next day, mm, which pisses smart. off the dogs because they think they're getting fed. Yeah. But if you're dumb enough to think you're getting fed at That's a great idea, though. That's a great idea. Yeah. We have not done that, and it would make our mornings so much easier. I think Christopher would agree. Christopher's talking about dirty dishes being a part of the Internet of Things. <laughs> Does that mean your dirty dishes can be hacked? <laughs> They could be sometimes. Yeah. But it's true because I'm the same. I like need everything kind of in its place. There's just one reason why we founded a co-working space. And I will say like I can give myself mornings off as long as I know I'm going to go there and work. Mm -hmm. But you know, it burned down. So we had to rebuild it. So that's been a little busy. That's been a little bit of a process messer upper. 
Okay, when it started a writers a co-op writers group, Lexington writers room, and then it burned down, and then about this the is the day... special bespoke. You can get it detective agency T-shirt because the new space is going to have frosted glass on the front. Window. Okay, so, so I so made a special T-shirt because nice. I was like, frosted glass is my dream. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a noir. You are in a noir. <laughs> well done. So yeah, the the Gwenda uh, her and writing Christopher. room and well, I only talked to you. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. I just don't want to leave him out and see the treasurer. He controls the money. Their <laughs> writing co-op burned down, and was it the like two afternoon after or the <laughs> afternoon of the day after? Gwenda's like secured a new space. It was no. It was like it, a week no, later. No, it was not. Well, it we, was faster well, than we that. Well, we went to look at us. Okay, the fire happened on a Tuesday. We went to look at a new space. We had an emergency board meeting on Friday. We went to look at a new space that was perfect on Saturday, and then entered into negotiations for the space. Yeah, that's not a, okay. That's slower than what I said, but that's faster than what you said. I don't understand how this woman works. I am in awe. Like I'd still be weeping. I'd be, still be sitting in the ashes, weeping about my dream burning down. And Gwen is over, like, okay, let's negotiate a lease. Let's talk. <laughs> well, that wasn't just me. It was a whole board. And honestly, when it was a, t I mean, it was a bad fire, so it was a total loss. And I have been through a lot of shit in my lifetime. And, like, my old day job was dealing with emergencies. So, like, literally I woke up and they're like, your building's on fire. My friend actually had just had bought a, a friend who I, who does is my yoga teacher had bought the building. Um, and had been renovating the upstairs for a yoga studio. Because she's like, well, you guys are long-term tenants. So, it'll be great. Um, but so, I, I mean, it was like two blocks from our house and I got dressed and went down because I'm like, I need to like go do TV interviews because this was my old job and we're going to need money no matter what. And we raised like $10,000, you know, mm -hmm. overnight, which we did desperately need because it turns out we lost everything except seven metal desk bases. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like the fire people who recover stuff said they've never seen anything like it. Like, they put the things... That, they take the things they think they can say, mm -hmm. and they put them in, like, an ozone chamber, and they clean them with special stuff, and they still smell like smoke. Oh, wow. And, like, all the art. But I was like, you know, a lot of people saw the art and were inspired by the art. You wanted to talk about art here. How about that for a segue? Oh. Boom! <laughs> Let's Wendy talk said about... she wanted to talk about some art. She wouldn't show it to Let's me. Talk... It's a big house. <laughs> Clearly, I missed something. Let's talk about world building. A world and building, now, yes! Some rules are not as good as others. This is oh a piece called Advice from a Mermaid. Yes, I did see this piece of art. <laughs> this beautiful, beautiful thing. We it's will... full of puns. That's why I didn't <laughs> pay it any. I'm like, oh, look, there's three puns I see already. I'm moving on. I we don't... won't do any, uh, all of it, but I would just like say avoid peer pressure mm -hmm. i mean no always see sea life's beauty <laughs> i you know what this is why i hate mermaids like not all mermaids like <laughs> some, not all mermaids. all mermaids but a lot of mermaid shit i really don't like and i say that with a friend who has like hundred thousand followers on Instagram who dresses up like a mermaid and goes into the ocean and does photo shoots. It's pretty amazing. I will find her thing and you can put I'm, it in your chat. I, I'm good. 
No, she's great, and she lives in North Carolina now. That's she great. She could be I, out here right now. She could come <laughs> with her husband. She's out with the dolphins and she's Chad. Actually, she's amazing. She's out with dolphins and Chad. Um, but make waves. Come don't, out of your shell. Don't get tied down. Take time to coast. So what 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 <laughs> brilliant world building do you have for us from advice? From no, this learning? is a, a just advice that it's, it's bad. Like oh. this is my my point is that like most mermaid stories are like this, like some cutesy Disney idea, which actually the Little Mermaid fine, but like don't act like mermaids would have houses on the bottom of the sea like this. All their shit would float around. Mm -hmm. It, it makes me mad. How do mermaids poop? <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, no. You know, Ow. they pee in the sea. Well, yeah. <laughs> you put a mermaid in the pool. She could be like a five-year-old. Anyway, food for thought. If you're working on a red story, I only got murder crack. Disrespectful to mermaids. I apologize to the mermaids. If you are a mermaid, like again, my friend, I'm pretty sure would agree with me that they. But you are know she's not watching because she's out in the sea. <laughs> That's true. With Chad. That's true. And and the the pelicans. Oh right, my god. So, oh, you are you coming back? She's going. I'm I'm getting a wine. Oh, she's getting more wine. I'm so glad you guys are here with us on Ditch Diggers. It is good times. <laughs> so, we got, we got the fire ready. Put in my cat's food for the day in little jars. I fill them when I feed the right, the night part of the jar. Nice. Uh, Christopher says, excellent hack to just buy new dishes. It, 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 <laughs> it broke my heart when a friend of mine told me he was, he was in some financial distress mm. and moving out of his apartment and was like looking at his dirty dishes and he literally just gathered them in the, the tablecloth and threw them away because he just did not want, want to, to deal, deal with, with it. it. I mean, I, 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 you know Andy Duncan in Sydney, right? Sounds familiar, but I'm not to, to maybe not. I don't know. Oh, well, so, so Andy yeah. is, no, Andy is like a, one of the best readers I've ever heard and writes a lot okay. of Southern short stories and okay. is great. And Sydney, his wife, is also great. But Sydney often tells the story of how when she got together with Andy, that he had a dot matrix printer, and he printed off all of his emails. And so there would just be like, so he could consider them before he responded. And when they moved when in When was together, this? I mean, a while ago. Like mid-90s? Yeah, okay, I guess. So Christopher like, would know more than know, me. No. You wouldn't but just... also, like, he just put his stuff into boxes when they moved in together. And Sydney, by the way, is now like, president of a college so okay. she has her shit together and uh so they had all these boxes and they're unpacking them and there was some of them they're like filled with these reams of dot matrix printouts of emails but also like just random fast food bags and stuff because what was in the fast food bags well just like empty like just that hadn't been thrown away like it was um, untidy bachelorhood like say. like like a handful of fries that were three years old. exactly yeah. And she's like, this isn't going to happen anymore. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Thank you, Gamer Grant. Exactly. Andy, Andy, Andy is wonderful, I should say. If you've never met him, it is a pleasure, and you should. Next time you're to. at a convention, I'll okay. make sure you guess me. Okay. So something else happened at the Nebulas. And I'm going to let you talk about this one because... What? <laughs> 
I don't know what you're talking about, Murr. <laughs> I really don't. There was or some. Do I? Yes, you do. There was some but controversy. I know only the barest. I uh, know, but it was. Look, it's not okay. Ditch Diggers is about the business of writing, which includes things like don't say racist shit. Don't be a racist in don't your field. Racist don't be a racist in, in your field. Don't be a racist publicly. overall. I if mean, you are racist. I mean. Keep it to yourself because you're really ugly and we don't want to see it. Well, and also, though, I mean, actually, I disagree with that. I want to see it. I want to oh, know well, so I can name and shame and ostracize and move on. That, that's fine. <laughs> or that's so fine. that they can be, like, revisited. You know, like, I mean, everyone has, like, blind. I mean, we all have blind spots that we're not Racism aware of. Racism is a system, systemic but thing. That's a, exactly. A, yeah. And so it's not like a someone is good or bad. but. Yeah. It is like a be aware yeah. of where you are, the people around you, and try not to harm them unless they are like terrible. No, it doesn't matter. matter. Like Orson Scott Card on a panel can hold his own. I'm just saying that I would it, go after him on a panel without a second thought. My daughter went after him, not face to face, but just basically. In the London World Con, we had a, a a panel of children of science fiction authors, yeah. and she was on it, and Fran Wilde's daughter was on it, and I can't remember the third kid, but my daughter just started going off on Orson Scott Card and the harm he's been doing to North Carolina politics. She's and amazing. Your like, daughter's amazing. Yep. You that's go. That's my kid. Yep. It's my kid. A plus. Very, very proud of my kid. Anyway... So, I think Saturday night was the Nebulas, and that was when we knew it was going to happen because they always announce it beforehand, but Mercedes Lackey was granted Grandmaster of Science Fiction, along with... Which like, was not an uncontroversial choice in and of itself, for various reasons that I really am not plugged in enough to explain that well. You just said it wasn't controversial. I meant that it was. Okay. <laughs> I think that like, it was. It's, yeah, it's, For various reasons. Yeah. Um, I don't remember following all of those reasons, but... Yeah, that's why I don't want to number this. I don't sure. want to leave out anything important. So she, she accepted it during the Nebulous, which is when it's awarded. And the next day, on a panel, she did a racist. And got kicked out of the Nebulous. Which is absolutely right. I'm just yes. saying that it's like, it's not a good look. To get a grandmaster no. of your field. And then, wait, the newest reason in, involved transphobic comments? I thought the newest reason involved racist comments. I don't know why I'm picking this, because it's all bad. It's but, all bad. I mean, obviously the people who objected were right. You know, which is not always the case, and <laughs> it's a very difficult thing, right, to navigate, like... It's complicated, and I remember she issued an apology. I do remember that. For which part? A, a, the a previous, the, okay. the early one. I'm sure she'll issue another one, but now it's going to be much harder because yeah. you have to actually show that you've made amends. Yeah, kids are sleep says before the racism. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, it's not. It's not a one is better than the other. One is worse than the other. It's just like I had heard it was a racist thing. So thank you for the clarification. Um, yeah, and it, it was just like, and there was a moment of color on the panel. I just like, can't fathom it, honestly. What, 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 
What are you doing? I, well, it's I like shouldn't the, the, tell this. The, Am I drawing? This is going to be archived, right? It's going to be on the Ditch Diggers feed, so if you don't want to say it to where anybody can download it, you probably shouldn't. Hard to decide. What do you think, Four thousand words and two glasses of wine. Can I ask your husband to weigh in? Is that is that rude? I will say my one personal encounter with Mercedes Lackey was at a festival, and I do feel that it showed a lack of thinking about the people around her from their perspective. Yeah. Um. Like. Okay. I'm a big weirdo. And it was, this was when the Lois Lane books were coming out. It was one of the first times I ever had a signing line when I got there. And when I first started having signing lines, I was like, I got to get these people out of here as fast as possible. (laughs) Like, you know, like my thinking is like, God, how nice they are to show up. Like, hurry through this. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, really, like, I still have a struggle with the, I'm not imposing upon this person who came to give me a sign a book that they like. But at any rate, I got there early, and she had a line around the block, which, as you do. But so I got there early, and I had cleared my line. Not that it would matter if I had a line or not. But then she basically did this, oh, poor sweetie. Oh, shit. You know, I've been you. And I'm, like, not asking for this. Didn't need it. And, bitch, you had a line. You had a line. Exactly. I've had a line. I've right. gone through the line. The line has disappeared, but I had a line. Exactly. And it felt good. But at any rate, it just felt like, to me, one of those things where you're pretending empathy, but what you're actually being is like, there, there, youngling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I probably shouldn't put this on the internet, but it happened. That's not bad. I mean, okay. I, it's, I feel like... It was real, and it was a moment when I was like, what the fuck? Because I was feeling pretty good that I had a little line. And then she came along and like... That was rain. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gamer Grant just made me laugh. I went to a certain Ooh, Merle Lafferty signing that I showed up about 20 minutes early for. Not an imposition. Thank you, Gamer Grant. I appreciate that. It's, um... No, I've had people drive from like three states away, and I'm like... I'm still like, I'm so sorry. Like, it's just me. <laughs> Should yeah, I, I give you something? <laughs> I, you just, Look, we you all have did. our we all have our quirks. So here's the deal. Since we are in Ditch Diggers and we're talking about... Does anyone have questions, by the way? If Did you have questions, that? put them in. Yeah, of course. I love hearing about your process, though, and like your difficulties with it. Well, I mean... It's very helpful. I think one of the things that we don't talk about which we should is one like one of your first signings mm-hmm. if you go to conventions one of your first signings will be next to a and Charlene, no will come a charlene harris a kim stanley you're Robinson. lucky if it's a charlene harris because she's like so nice well see the problem with the charlene harris signing was we were all on like these these dioceses oh i hate that by ourselves it's dais fuck you <laughs> It's fine. We were on raised platforms <laughs> alone. And so, like, it's a pulpit. Appalachia, it's a pulpit. You were on pulpit. <laughs> okay, carry on. Sorry, I've had one more glass of wine than Mer. <laughs> anyway, so we were not together at a table. We each had our own table, and it was a big, long room. So basically, it's like Charlene Harris was over here with her mass, and I think it was Sean and McGuire. I'm not entirely sure, but 
somebody else equally popular was over here with their masks, mm -hmm. and I had, I was very amused because they'd drawn a little queue with tape on the floor, and no one had to queue for me. They just walk up completely through the tape. I was a little offended. They broke the line. It's like, no, did not I'm gonna, walk. I'm gonna stage a flash mom for one of your signings at a at a convention. <laughs> You can't stop me. I can't. We're gonna I can't do. Really. We're gonna do a zigzag yeah, pattern. Yeah, you have to do the cue. You have to respect. We the will. Cue. We will. Okay, but so that was my Charlene Harris experience. But Kim Stanley Robinson was not. He was. He wasn't rude. He wasn't placating. He didn't spend a lot of time with me because he had. Yeah. A ton a of line. fans. Right. Right. He, and and I mean that's a that's a no, special that's, thing. Yes. Right. But also like everybody has. Like I remember sitting at a signing table with Jason Reynolds, who's been the the ambassador for um young adult and children's liter literature now for a couple of years, has been in like Time magazine and oh, wow. a big deal. And this was before though, he was writing his Miles Morales book and we okay. were talking about that. It hadn't been announced yet. And he and I were sitting there, and we would occasionally have, like, four people come up to get signatures from us. And we talked about how, um, how we, why we were doing these things and how we were doing them. And he's like, why would you dye your hair blue? Because this was right after I transitioned to full-time from state government work. And I was like, so I remember every day I get to do my dream job, right? And I don't have to go to state government and do that job, which I also actually enjoyed, but couldn't do both. And he said, you know, I totally get that because I have a pair of jeans from when I was selling jeans framed on my wall in my apartment. And it's to remind me, like, I could be selling jeans still. And, you know, like, and now if he does a signing or an event anywhere, he's, he's just like throngs out the door. So. You ask him about the jeans? <laughs> what well, the, do you mean? The connection that you talked about the jeans a long time ago. Oh, no, we're buddies. I know, but it's. I haven't asked him about the jeans. You lately. should ask him about the jeans every time, and you'd ask him I about will. the I just hair have, every time. I will. I just haven't seen him in a while. No, he's great. He's like the best. Like he is like one. You know, there's nothing better than a someone who blows up and gets super famous and continues to be down to earth mm -hmm. and normal and exactly the person that they always were. Yeah. Yeah. So you 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 will have this signing line. Yeah. And. The, or an event with no one. Or an event with no one. And I think the way to get through it is to be pleasant. Um, I think if nobody is there for you, looking at your phone ain't a bad thing. Because otherwise, you've got this hopeful, sad look on your face of, I'm waiting, I'm here, I'm open. And that's just... Uh, here's what I do. I just, yeah. I just go circulate. I don't, yeah, I oh. mean, I, I will come back occasionally, or if someone, come, Christopher can attest this, I will just roam around and do whatever and talk to people. Because, like, so, like, during the signing, you're leaving the table? Yeah. Okay. At a convention. Okay. Because I can see if someone comes, and I'll head sure. back over there. Sure. But, like, I don't need to sit there and, you know, be in excruciating, or I will invite somebody to come back and chat with me. Well, I had, I had a very interesting, I will not say the author because this is his story and not mine, but I had a signing next to somebody recently, and neither of us, like, every once in a while, one person would come to him or one person would come to me, so neither of us really wanted to leave because right. we were getting infrequent people right. now and then. And then someone came up to him and started, and, and you will see this at conventions, 
someone who wants to tell you how horrible it is that your books cost money. And on one hand, I really understand anybody who's on a limited income, and I understand the need to buy used books. I understand all of that. But authors gotta eat too. And when you It's tell called a them, library, sir. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And so it's like going up to an author and telling them what a shame it is that a book is being released in a mass market paperback. And not a trade. Or am I mixing those up? Or Which yeah. one's the more expensive one? Uh, probably the trade. Okay. Being upset that something's released in a trade and not a mass market, which is less expensive. And the author just sat there and, and, and smiled and listened. And I was thinking, well, we're near the end of the signing and no one's in my line. So... I can't leave him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, sometimes so, that happens. That like, happens. I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here and be because I can't leave him with this person who I tells will, him that his work is not worth her I, money. I will also leave my table and go save someone from someone who won't stop talking to them. Oh, well, yeah, them. that's something. Yeah, that's something Like else. if there's the dude, the dude who's circulating, circulating. And I'll show you a picture of this guy later. We had just met him because he came into the writer's room, but he didn't want to join. Oh. I mean, he wanted to share his wealth of knowledge. Oh, And no. Christopher gave him a tour while I was working. And he went, he played a game to see how long he could go without saying a word before the guy. Christopher was playing game? Yeah, okay. with the guy. It was like an hour, and then he starts smack-talking a friend of ours who's also a member of the writer's room because she writes romance. Oh, and that yeah. was when Christopher's like, excuse me, I know who you're referencing. Yeah. Like, And um, we eventually got him out, and then he showed up at a book festival like three weeks later, and he was working his way around, and I saw him go up to Tiff Marcello's table, who's a lovely Filipino-American author, I hadn't met, but she had introduced herself to me earlier because mm -hmm. we, she had a friend at my same editor. And so I'm like, I'm going to go, just, I'm going to go over here and just gently elbow this gentleman out mm -hmm. <laughs> and buy a copy of your book. And she's like, thank God. And then I shit you not, I have a picture of him. I'll show it to you. This bookstore has a lower level and an upper level. And the upper level, there's like a couch seating area. And there was a couple sitting there. And he had clearly, he was clearly talking to them. He was seated in a chair. And the guy was literally asleep with his head thrown back. <laughs> and he was still talking! Wow. <laughs> wow. And I snapped a picture and sent it to everyone on our board. And I'm like, if you thought Christopher was exaggerating, because I was there when this happened. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's... <laughs> That's not special. There. He's a so, film. You know, he's the first of the filmmaker to uh, novelist uh, novelist of filmmakers, and he's writing about native people, which he is not. <laughs> the first filmmaker to write a book? That, no, the I, I, who knows? But he's the first of whatever. He's the first of his name, mansplainer. Uh, but it's oh, like no, well, no, no, sir, no, sir. Anyway. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Yeah. If you are alone, <laughs> then no, it's okay to get up. It is okay. To, that's a good it's point. It's okay to get up. It's okay.
okay to get up. Even if you don't feel like the power of, I can go rescue someone, or anyone who needs rescuing, also, if no one's there, you don't have to waste your time. And you could also go get in the line and get a book signed from someone that you love who's there, okay. or go in someone who has a short line whose books you love and get a book signed by them. Like, it gives you something to do. Yeah. It's karmically good. Oh, yeah, it is. And, you know, like, just don't fret too much about about it. Yeah, yeah I, pos I posted a picture of um, the line I was standing in to get books signed for Scalzi because he's like, Started his new book tour mm. when you could actually book tour again. And he started it in Chapel Hill, and I was delighted to go see him. And I was doing... Actually, I haven't given them away yet. We're doing... Um, I haven't told you about this. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm trying not to, inter to interrupt myself. Um, so, I took a picture of the line saying, This is my line of standing for John Scalzi, and I hope someday he'll stand in a line for me like this. I posted it on Twitter, so of course Scalzi saw of it. Of course. And said, Yes, of course I will stand in your line. So, that was very sweet. I just have to figure out how to get a signing for Station Eternity somewhere around where Scalzi is. We should come to Joseph Path and invite him down to be in conversation with you, and we will totally bring enough people. When is that? What? I don't know what you're talking about. I should come to what? A, a bookstore. Oh, Joseph okay. Beth. I don't. You act like I should know this. And then he'll know come. It. To, it's a. It's one of the biggest indies in the country. Well, it's not here. <laughs> it's, I don't know all the indies. Well, Why I, I do. Indies? Just ask me. I didn't know I had to. <laughs> They're talking about where to get mead in the chat. <laughs> so we've lost completely. <laughs> You know, one of the nicest things ever, Holly Black took a picture of one of the longest signing lines I ever had was at BEA for Lois Lane. They oh, had nice. to, like, drop ship more books the night before. And Kyle Holly Black took a, a picture of the line. Nice. God bless her. I had a feeling of, um, this is me getting personal and not actually talking about Ditch Digger stuff, but, like, there are people in my life, they're dudes, who I like and admire for a number of reasons. But I've noticed, have no interest in me. Like, what? they'll like to talk to me. Like, who do you mean? I mean, I know you can't say. No, I'm, no one you would know. Just people in my life. Not, like, writers. Not other writers. Not people I see at cons. But, like, in my life. One guy I used to work with. We, used, we liked hanging out together. He left for another job. He came back into town and said, let's have lunch. And I'm like, great. I was up for the Now Astounding Award. I was, like, I had my first book out. I was getting Hello, my you're MFA. fucking Lafferty. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying I am. The, the, the dream I was working for was happening. Also, but hello, you have a new Audible original coming out this week. You have a new novel on tap. You are in the podcast hall of fame. I'm, I'm talking about 2013. Well, I don't care. Okay. You're still fancy. Okay. You were Thank fancy you. then and Thank you're you. fancy, fancy now. I'm fancy. Thank you. But the thing is, is like we, as we were talking, I realized I'm like, he hasn't asked me anything. So, like Christopher, I'm of just course. like, I'm going to sit here, and we'll talk about him, but I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm not going to offer anything about myself. I'm just yeah. going to wait to see if he gives a shit. And he didn't. Another time, I was He at, just wants to say, I had lunch with my friend Burr Lafferty, who's <laughs> killing it. Well, he didn't know I was killing it, because he didn't ask. He probably looked you up online. Really doubt it. But Wow, well, don't go out to lunch with dudes no, like I'm that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm learning. I'm learning. Chad. Chad. 
Fucking Chad, man. Fucking I'll haunt that guy. If he's in the house next door, you better look out. I'm going to haunt that guy. So there's your call for the day. I'm going to I really wonder what you think Chad is afraid of. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's afraid of 47-year-old women in nightgowns yelling, Woo! Be better, would, I'm watching! That would terrify him, yes. I don't think I am 47. I'm not sure Christopher can confirm or deny. I have a hard time keeping track of my age. There's probably a little card in your wallet that says something about that. I can't do math. Look, birds! Burn birds. Birds have flown by. So there was there was another friend I was connected to through via Kung Fu, and I really liked him. We had a lot of the you same. You do Kung Fu? I did Kung Fu. That's I don't cool. Don't do Kung Fu anymore. We have a North Carolina friend who used to do Kung Fu and doesn't anymore. You should meet her. I she should. Raleigh. We could talk about whether like it was a good idea or not. <laughs> now it was no Kung Fu was amazing. Also, she's a massage therapist. But I met something. I met a friend who did a lot of other geeky stuff and we bonded but then I left Kung Fu he left the area and then we met at New York Comic Con I mm. was flown to New York Comic Con to sign my Star Wars novel fancy and I walked by a booth and saw him first I saw him like he was on the ad I so hope he was Kung Fuing a la no he was not kid. Kung Fuing <laughs> Cobra Kai. The fact is, the guy's pretty attractive. And so he was modeling the, the clothes he was then on the floor selling. He was like, he was not like a horrible ego man with one, like one dude in his booth. It's like, he was part of a corporate thing. and Okay. He was both model and salesperson. I think that might have, well, I Chad? think there might be dolphins? a dolphin out there. Dolphins. Dolphins are Chad. Pokemon or prescription drug? You just have to wait because they just... Yeah. Anyway. We're, we're, we're talking to people here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. has confirmed that despite the fact they're talking about me, they are listening. So, it's like... I'm so sorry. Murr's much more focused than I am. Old friend and... Because I seen can't him in a see while. people, so I'm like, what am I looking at? I'm just talking to you. And we got to see, like... You know, we meet in New York, which was surprising. And we're talking about what he's doing there. And I'm like, yeah, I've got a, a book signing over at my publisher's table. And he never asked what it was. What the fuck? And I'm just like, wow, there are these people that I spent mental and emotional energy on. Did not give a shit about me. Let me tell you. I was not interesting at all to them. Fuck those people. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Murr and I met, Mer, the first time Murr and I met was in a bar mm -hmm. in uh, Detroit. Yes. And I knew immediately that we would be friends. But it was pretty amazing. Yeah. No, you also were pretty amazing. Dude, who's just in a, in, a, in a conversation and when someone says, I knew Murr and I would be friends, the response is, yeah. I'm pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> no one says well, that. I mean, you were sitting next to Chrissy, so that was one point in That's your favor. True. But also, you were just great. So I'm sad for people who were like, oh, Mer Lafferty, I don't give a shit. It's like, fuck you. You're doing yeah. your life wrong. And it's not even, it's, it's not even like a huge ego thing. It's more of a... You really aren't interested in anything. Like, no, even it's, if it's, I was just doing my job and this having is my, my kid thing. and having my husband and everything is fine. This is my thing. They don't people, care. People who don't find other people interesting. This is the only thing I really care about. I mean, well, 
And if you're a sociopath who finds other people interesting, I don't That's like terrifying. you. I don't like you. But this is my main thing is like I'm interested in other people, like no matter who they are. Like mm-hmm. I have become that person who like talks to randos, which I know is weird. It is it though. I mean, it, probably it's how not. you it's talk to random. That's true. Like, That's have you true. ever have you ever had a book signed by David Sedaris? No. David Sedaris does not like to talk about himself, despite all of his writing. Mm-hmm. When he's one on one, he doesn't like to talk about himself. You get a book signed by him, he will ask you all sorts of things about yourself. He wants to know so, yeah, that's who you are, right. what you like, whether you're right. from here, or you traveled here. He wants. To, he just starts interviewing you. Okay, that's kind of my. That's yes. I also sort of do that. It's yes. my Lois Lane impulse. Like I'm interested in people. I'm curious about them. Thank you, Ravens Creations. I really appreciate that. Which oh, just I care about you. I can't read any of this because well, my can't... eyes are going bad, and you've got your reading glasses on, but I don't have that. <laughs> I have to go to the eye doctor when I get back and be like, hey, I've been squinting a lot. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, when you, when, when you have your, your zero line and you're going to feel like shit. However, there's going to be somebody at that con who hasn't sold a book yet. Yes. And if you meet them at a bar whether they know who you are or anything, you are someone who sold a book, and therefore, you're awesome. Ask them about themselves, because you will make them feel like Absolutely. royalty. It's like, it's a weird... Power dynamic makes it feel too adversarial. But no, it's, it's a, like when you're sitting next to Kim Stanley Robinson and you're looking at your line and you're looking at his line, it's like you feel like dirt. But then when you meet somebody in the bar who hasn't sold anything and you've sold one book, it's like you are the star and they're just like, I, I must learn from you. And also, and, like we've been talking a lot in like every Friday Zoom with a bunch of brighter folk, some of whom are way more advanced and much more literary and fancy, and I'm like the commercial, <laughs> but I it's my thing, so you yeah, whatever. Okay, we haven't even said what Gwenda writes. Gwenda has written the Lois Lane book. She wrote the only Stranger Things book to hit the bestseller list. Yes. Well, I think Gina. I think that nonfiction one hit the USA. That doesn't count. I mean, it counts. Well done, but. She seems We're talking about novels. I'm talking okay. about novels. Anyway. Um, Miss Gwen is amazing. Anyway, so I my most recent books um, are romantic comedies, and then I'm writing more fantasy thrillers, and my hope is to kind of alternate the two, if that works out. Although I have a very screwball, weird fantasy sense of humor, so we'll see if that connects with, awesome. enough, with enough romance readers. Um, and there are dolphins out there. There are all dolphins out there. Um, so the other day, we so we've been talking a lot about, um, there was a panel, I was at Los Angeles Times Festival of Books, and so was, uh, Karen Joy Fowler, who is one of my favorite people and favorite writers, and we went to her panel, and there were these two other guys on there, and they started talking about how you need rivals or enemies or whatever as writers to, like, make you better, and we were talking after about how we've literally never felt that way. And I'm like, maybe it's because they come out of journalism, because I went to journalism school, and I can kind of see that dynamic in journalism at play. But still, like, it makes me sad. But at any rate, like, 
Independent Bookstore Day, I did a very brief signing at Joseph Beth, our indie bookstore. The indie bookstore I need to go to, apparently. Which is enormous. I hear. One of the biggest in the country. The biggest? <laughs> it is. It's huge. It might... And now, Pals is probably bigger, but, I mean, it is huge. Okay. And it sells a lot of books. Okay. Um, and Scalzi's close enough to drive down, so it could be in conversation with you. And he's a really good conversation partner. Scalzi's great. I love Scalzi. I know. He did my... He did my book launch for Not Your Average Hot Guy, my rom-com, which I really appreciated because he's always been very positive about romance and he okay. writes comedy. And so, it's like most... Most male science fiction writers, if you ask them to be in conversation with you for a book that is being published as romance, would say no. I'm sorry. Kids Are Asleep says, why would anyone want to deliberately cultivate enemies? Except maybe Orson Scott Cars. Exactly! <laughs> Ding for Valerie. Well done. Exactly. So anyway, I did this. And I didn't expect it to be anything because it's like they're setting up signing tables and uh -huh. you hope someone will wander up, right? And this woman comes up who has visible burns to cars and... I saw pictures with her. Face. Yes. And, and, and she's like, um, I used to love reading funny books. About 18 months ago, I was in this terrible fire and I really thought a book would never make me laugh again. And I picked up Not Your Average Hot Guy, and about 30% of the way in, I just realized I was laughing out loud. And she's like, the irony of, like, it being a book partially set in hell after yeah. I was burned. But it was just, like, one of those things that reminds you that, like, if there's one reader that you... I yeah. mean, like, I wrote a complete fluff escapist book, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you're the person I wrote this for. You, you you affected somebody's life. You don't... They, they don't tell you that humor can do that. Right. They tell you... Because humor is treated so... And, I mean, like, writing a light book is very hard. And... It's very hard. It's very hard. And, and I mean, like, I take it as a huge compliment. People are like, this is fun. It's like, that's what I want it to be. But for the person who needs the fun, it's huge... It can be hugely important. And, like, that just makes all of this bullshit, like... Any idea of hierarchies and stuff. Yes. Like, meaningless is what a friend said when I told her this story. And it's true. It's like, I really could give a shit what my Goodreads rating for that book is. Because mm -hmm. for this person, it was meaningful. And so I'm a big proponent of finding your own goalposts as a writer. Yes. Like, your own measures of success that are not sales. Because everyone else is going to measure that for you. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, that's the business side. So you got to have, like, some metrics of your own that you, you know, I accomplished what I set out to with whatever it is. I, I had some something similar where someone told me that my first book being basically Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for yes, Monsters. Which and is, a, it's a great book. Thank you. But it is, it is another, like, fluffy, funny, mm -hmm. it means nothing. It, it, it means nothing. And it is, with women write this stuff, it is treated differently exactly. than women write it. But I had someone call me, like, me message me and say that they were reading it in the hospital yes. beside their dying mother. Yes. And I made them laugh. Right. And that's when you find out that even if you make something light, it matters. It matters. It, it really does. It absolutely matters. Um, Christian writing, well, okay, Kay Cammy says, oh my God, emotions. <laughs> Kay Cammy has the best uh, cat emotes. Kay Cammy, you need to show Gwenda the uh, chewing cat emote. It's adorable. 
Oh. Christian writing says, what is the best thing to say when someone says something like that, that your book was so important to them? I'm glad it was so meaningful to you. Feel self-centered. Is it self-centered? That's a good question. I, I actually just said, I mean, I was just honest. Like, I'm overwhelmed. Like, I'm so glad. And um, also that that's exactly, I mean, like, that the, you're the, you're the reader. You're the, I mean, mm -hmm. in that particular case, it was just so, we had time, you know, because there wasn't a line and she was just someone who had come and... Also, I think, like, you have, I mean, I think I have gotten better. Like, as I said, I used to, like, rush people out of my line. But I think I have gotten better when people come up and want to express that something was meaningful to them. Like, you need to give them that space and reflect it back to them. Yeah. That, like, I mean, obviously it was super meaningful for me. But what's meaningful is that the book caused her to have this experience, right? Like, it's not about me. It's more about, like... Because books are a collaboration, right? With yeah. the reader. And so... Explain, explain that more. Because yeah. people say that a lot, but it's not just, like... Why do you detail? I feel like... Um, I feel like a book... You write a book, obviously. And some readers are going to read it and not be great collaborators for that book. Like, just like you probably wouldn't be great collaborators for whatever they book they love best. Mm-hmm. But, like, a, you hit the right book, right reader, right headspace. And it's just this magical thing where the book lives, a specific version of your book lives with that reader, right? That, like, you didn't quite create. Like, you created your part of it. But, like, they're also bringing a bunch to it. Like, I do think that that is a magical thing. Like... I think the thing that fiction, like written fiction does, that no other art form does, is put you inside another person. And so you just can connect to it in a different way than mm -hmm. every other art form. They all have their strengths and minuses, but I think that is what fiction does. And so, you know, not to sound too grandiose about it, but like I do always think about the reader as a collaborator. I'm yes, I'm still looking for dolphins because I can't really see the camera. So I'm sorry, I look like I'm like musing into the clouds. No, you're, you're um, looking for dolphins. But like you know, it's not necessarily. I mean, I am thinking about delighting a reader, especially when I'm writing comedy mm -hmm. or romance. Um, but even when I'm writing like a more serious book, like I'm writing right now, like I am thinking of the reader and what I want to evoke in them, but I'm also like hopefully leaving space for like that magic of the reader and everything they bring to the table. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about a book you love with someone, you might agree on certain parts that are excellent. Yeah. But the parts of it that stick out to you are probably completely different because yeah. it's based upon what, you know, it's based on your reading. Like, I think I thought about this more than most people because I reviewed so much. Oh, yeah. Early on. And so it's always about meeting the book on its own terms when you're reviewing. I remember I wrote a 100-word um, Christmas story. I was trying to copy Neil Gaiman because he had a 100-word Christmas. Uh... You want to copy one of those? <laughs> sure. I'll give you one. Anyway, I was trying to do a, a 100 word Christmas story and it was a very dark Christmas story about how Zuzu from It's a Wonderful Life 
you know, she's like, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Well, unfortunately, the angel that Zuzu granted wings to was Lucifer, and she ended the world. But I only had 100 words. As you do. And so, a couple of people read it and saw it as, like, Lucifer redeemed or something. And I'm like, I only had 100 words, and that's yeah. what they got. So, right. I, can't, I can't tell them they're wrong, because that's the right. story that they read. I was going for a lot darker, but okay. That that's what they got out of it. Interesting. Yeah. People well, bring people bring a lot of feelings about Lucifer, I found. That's true. That's as someone true. who has written him in books as well. Yes. There there's there's the chewing cat emote oh that is my gosh, favorite. Thing. I yes. love it. Yes, the hundred word stories are tricky, Daniel. Indeed. They are. Short stories are tricky. Yeah. You guys are mages that can write them easily. I'd rather write a book any day. Yeah. It takes longer, but not as much fiddly stress. I don't think it does take me longer. It takes me longer. The short you can stories. write a... Sh you, you, it takes you the length of a novel to write a short story? The I time? mean, maybe not exactly, but it used to be almost. Okay. I just think I'm naturally, like, put too many things in that have to be taken out for short fiction. Yeah. Anyway, Christian writing, I think it's... it's <clears throat> Focusing on the reader. Focusing on them and their experience rather than I was amazing to yes. give you this feeling. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Right. No, yeah, like what I want to give her back is like exactly that thing of yeah. like, I mean, I literally said like, you are the person I wrote this book yeah. for. I mean... I mean, I, I we mentioned Gaiman. Um, the, first the first time I met him was I think 1996 when I just the day I lost my job like we were like going wow. to go see the Neverwhere tour and I lost my job that day wow and we went and we stood in line even back then Neil Gaiman had a line a big line I was his travel assistant during that period and yeah and not always not for everything but sure. like can attest yeah and and we were like the line moved pretty slowly and granted Compared to a line he would have today, right. it was super short, but it did span the Barnes and Noble. It did stretch yeah. across the whole thing. But we saw what he was doing mm. was spending time with every single person yeah. and talking to them. And so even though you're in the line that's not moving, you realize that when you get your turn, right. it's got to be special. And he actually, that that's, that's one of my most treasured possessions, which is like he wrote... You know, tumor, I hope things get better. Aww. It wasn't like super fancy yeah. or even that emotional, but just the fact that he cared enough to say something specific about right. my situation was pretty awesome. Yeah. And it meant a lot to me. Yeah. And I, I think I think Jim at the time had said, you know, I think I I think his words were be nice to her, she lost her job today. <laughs> like like Neil Gaiman was like a big bully. And he needed to yeah. say, you know, don't, don't let loose on her. Just, yeah. So. Okay, Kimmy had a flash reject, flash fiction rejected because they totally missed the point, seemingly. I figured that meant I hadn't communicated it well enough. You hadn't communicated well enough to them. Yeah. I mean, it could be, could not be. Like, did the, if the feedback resonated with you, yes. Yes. If, if they, like, made good points, cool. If you have, like five or six trusted readers that say, no, 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 this, this landed. 
Um, I mean, I had the problem of, I had an editor say, I don't get this. And I'm like, I am as clear as I can be without yeah. the whole, like, I've been told I can be too on the nose. I've been told yeah. I'm hanging a lantern on shit. So when I try to make stuff subtle and people are like, I don't get it. I'm like, I think that's always true. Though. I don't know what to do. When we I, feel like it's too obvious. It's almost always. It's like, the, I have been told I'm too on the nose. I've been told I go to the literal too far. And so I'm just like, one thing I really appreciate my, about my husband is he will tell me he will not blow smoke. He, mm-hmm. he tells me when something's not working and I'm like, did I get this right? You gotta yeah. tell me whether this is clear yeah. or not. Because to me it's clear, but in yeah. So he 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 was on my side. So yeah. That's a nice personal touch. I like when artists of any kind do that for fans. I know it's not always easy to do given time constraints, but it's a nice touch. Yeah, I had a she was a friend, but her her she tells me the story of her basically her mom had passed out at birth and her dad filled out the birth certificate and spelled her name in a way that they had not agreed upon and it had many many vowels <laughs> and just to be polite I'm not going to say her name not even her first name but it, it it was not a way to spell this name that I had ever considered and even though I knew I knew the story about her dad I knew the story about the misspelling when I signed her book I still spelled it wrong and so what I did was I just, I wrote, I spelled your name wrong. I blame your father for spelling it wrong in the first place. I like wrote all over the page about how much I blamed her father for making me spell her name wrong. And she was just laughing and laughing and she thought it was the best thing ever. Oh, that I, I, I did this to I her buy book. at least one book every signing because I have either spelled my own name wrong or someone else is wrong. And the other day, one of my fans, like, who I've known forever, who's, like, been with me since, like, you know, for eight years now, I wrote, instead of Christina, uh, Christopher, because we were talking about him. Then you're married to him, yeah. And she's like, no, I want to keep that one. Like, (laughs) just write through it and say what, you know, like, put my name. And I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, well, um, I remember Ursula was telling me she was right, she was signing a, like a big stack of book plates and just getting tired and, and, and I think she spelled something wrong and she's like, fine. And she like, she apologized on the signing and then wrote like, she drew a little wombat of shame oh. to say, I'm sorry I spelled your name wrong. I wish wrong. I could draw shit. I know. And then, and then she posted on Twitter, it's like, I had to draw the wombat of shame because I misspelled someone's name. And then her Twitter feed was full of people going, oh my God, I hope I get the wombat of shame. Of because course. Because they were the only ones of to course. get the wombat of shame. Of course. I'm so yes. jealous of authors that can draw shit when they sign for you people. You know, I tried to be jealous of Ursula, but she's just too not, nice. No, not, not Ursula. Just anyone no, no, who can me. draw. I'm, I'm specifically talking about Ursula. <laughs> I, I just, I've just been, I, I got the worst hangover that I, she got her book deal. I'm serious. I, I'm absolutely honest about it. She started in fiction before I did. Like, started succeeding in fiction before I did. And I, she was at my house when she got the call. She was at game night. And <laughs> I'm just like, congratulations. <laughs> and, and I remember that hangover. And I remember the, I need to be happier for my friends in a more constructive way that's not painful and sad. I'm lucky in that that is the one impulse I, I really rarely have. Like, I mean, I'm pretty much always like, let's get champagne! 
I, I, I am very happy now, but at like at yeah. the time, I was jealous. I, 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 I understand. I, I, I understand other humans have these feelings. I just, I mean, <laughs> you're I, just better than us all. No, I, I, you know, like I just feel like I have this. I, mean, I don't know. Like I'm pretty happy to be me, and like I know I could be much more successful, but like I wouldn't want to write someone else's stuff, yeah. and so. No, I'm, 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 I'm happy now. I just, I just remember. Maybe I, I, I am too to healthy. Be, Maybe I am too healthy. I'm trying to be honest and just say basically. No, I, I think that's great. Like it, a lot of people, more people feel that way than feel my way. And like. But you know, Ursula will admit that her career has not gone in a way that any normal person's has. And so she really did. Like she she like stumbled onto an agent and stumbled onto a book deal and how did this happen? And it's all oh. weird. And I'm not saying she's not deserving, please. She's but also no one's incredibly talented. It's just like the fact that her career went the way it did was just like But there's how? also like I mean, even as someone who, like, took forever to get an agent and stuff, but also wrote for PW and watched these things, it's like, there is no typical career. No, there's not. Like, everyone's success story is different. And every success story has ups and downs. And that's the part that we mostly skip these days. We need to talk about that more. I'm thinking maybe, um, if, I, I don't know Martha Wells very well. Mm. Um, she, I think she would love to talk you about that. You think she that. would? Because Martha yeah. Wells, see, what's really funny is I was, when I did my brief stint at teaching at Stone Coast, someone was like, I just found a new author. Her name is Martha Wells. And I'm like, Death of the Necromancer Bay. Martha Wells is amazing, yeah. but she's not new. So she broke out big with Murderbot. Martha and, and I met or when we both had books with the short-lived Strange Chemistry imprint, and mm -hmm. we're both obsessed with America's Next Top Model. Ah. And um, I, I think that at that point, her career was pretty much at its low ebb, and, and we had very candid conversations, and I do think she's very candid about... Um, those things, and there's so much that's out of your control. Like, yeah, you mentioned Charlene Harris earlier, and I used to interview people for PW all the time, and like I re still remember Charlene Harris's recipe for a breakout book. Like, because a lot of people don't realize she had a whole other career writing cozy mysteries mm. before the Sookie Stackhouse books, right. like twenty books, and it was failed. And her, she needed to do something different. And there was really not, there, that was really not a thing at the time. And um, she basically, that book, uh, the first Suki Stackhouse, got sent everywhere. Rejected, rejected, rejected. And a junior staffer finally picked it up. Her agent kept sending it out because Charlene said keep sending it out and apparently is loyal forever to him because of that. Joshua. Yes. Yes, Joshua Billis. And, um... And then it was, so her formula is right book, right publisher, right timing. And there's very little that we can control about any of that. Yeah, except for the book. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Kids Are Asleep says, 20 books as a failed career is woof. Well, I was just talking about, um, yeah. and I will get the number wrong, but like was hanging out with my friend Emily Lockhart who We Were Liars and her new prequel to We Were Liars oh, right. is, is on the bestseller. And her first bestseller was 27 books in. Right? So, um, you know, like careers are 
not cute narratives. No, no, definitely not. And we've talked, it's, it's, I'm not going to name names, but Gwen and I have talked today about people who hit it big with their first book, which is everyone's dream, but the pressure right. and the expectation. Dealing with success dealing can with success, be difficult. The pressure, the expectation of both publisher and reader can be a lot. It can be. And if, if you're not prepared for that, then you can like hit it big and then just like freeze. Yeah. Or write something that's not so good. And it's, uh, it's tough. I don't know specifically, but talking to Martha, like when Martha gave her Nebula speech, uh, it was the year that I was there and she was just like, I thought my career was dead. Mm. I really did. I got a new agent and Jen like sold Murderbot and Murderbot did what Murderbot does. Murderbot, I, I'm yeah. convinced. I don't know this for sure, but I am convinced that they had to design the Hugo ceremony specifically around the fact that they had to give Martha time to win best series. Mm hmm give her speech, get back to her seat. Yeah, it was like yeah. walk backstage and then back around and then back to her seat and sit down for her to win best novel because yeah. they were back to back. Yeah. And because it was in DC, they were kind of doing a, they didn't do a lot of skits, which was nice because there was a fire or an electrical thing. It, there, there, there's disagreements on what happened, but the ceremony was already delayed an hour. We were all tired. The before ceremony had gone on too long. Not ceremony, the before cocktail party. And so they didn't do a lot of fluff, but they did do kind of like a, every once in a while, these like secret service people would, would stop the ceremony and just stand out in front and like pull the presidential motorcade along. And then they'd go back and then they get to continue with the ceremony. So right as they started to talk about best novel, they did the whole presidential motorcade joke again. And I'm like, it's Martha. There's only one reason they would do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so Martha can get back to her seat and then go up and win again. Yeah. And, and yes, that was pretty amazing. I'm really happy yeah, she's, for her. Uh, me too. She's the best. Yeah. I would like to get her on to talk about Because, I mean, the feeling of selling a book and being excited and then it not doing great and then the next book not doing great and then the next book getting like a one-third cut on your advance and a one book deal no wait i can talk about this and also all getting great reviews by the way yeah like i don't think she's ever had a book that was poorly reviewed because she's an amazing writer yeah so yeah i've not had the martha wells experience but i have had the like book and then not quite as good and then not high expectations and then things went well and then mm. they didn't care anyway but that's another story and there's been wine so <laughs> we need to order pizza and it's only 7 30. yes uh, christian writing says definitely had a moment today when i saw a 16 17 year old on twitter announcing her first book deal and thinking about the fact that i'm twice her age you could have been writing this whole time you could have been christian writing but i promise you i have been there and mm. it is not worth the regret i try to think of it as the years I did not spend writing were years that I spent growing up, getting yeah. other experiences, getting ready. Yeah. Because if I see it as absolutely wasted time, then 
I absolutely agree. I'm just going to feel shitty about myself. Also, there's no wasted time when you're working or not working. Like, um, I mean, and I know so many young writers. Not all. There are some who have managed to hang in there and build a career. But it's very difficult when you sell a book at an age like that to have any sense of expectations whatsoever. And if it does well, like... That is also can be a problem. Yeah. Because it literally sets you up for nothing but... I mean, there are very few people whose careers go in a straight line up. Very yes. oh, None that no. I can think of, actually. There's an excellent episode with Tobias Bacall last year mm. of um, when he talks about the stock market of a writer's career. Yeah. Because everyone wants to see the writer's career do this. Right. And really, it's up and then Absolutely. down and up and then down. And um, even I really... Even if you're constantly successful... Every high is not going to be the same yeah. high. You have to figure out other ways to define your career besides sales. But what worries me about the younger writers, they don't know. And you don't know if anyone's going to tell them. There's, I, I've spoken a lot about this. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm hoping you guys already know this shit. But in short, advances are not as shiny as they sound. They're great. It's awesome. But... Your agent gets 15%. You do not get the advance all in one hunk. It's like when you hear a big number on advance, you've got to know that what you're seeing is something that's going to actually arrive in smaller checks. And if that's what you're supposed to live on, it's more of a challenge. And when I've heard it, 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 it infuriates me, but I've heard about people who get like big advances but don't understand how it works and quit their day job and then don't understand why the money's not coming in because it's an advance on money you earn, which means you don't earn money until your books made that much money. So you get the money up front, but then you have to earn that much money in sales before you get royalties. And this feels elementary, but a lot of beginning writers don't get this and a lot of agents like pounce on them to say let's get this big hit but don't actually try to develop a career right and so i you know that 16 17 year old hit the jackpot but let's hope they don't metaphorically whatever it means spend all the money whether it's metaphorical yeah. money or real money screw up their career by making bad decisions I, I would should not have gotten a large check when I was 16 or 17. It would not have been a good thing. No. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I worry about what's going to happen to their career later, you know? So Christian writing, don't worry about. Also, the next round's on them. The next round's on them. They can't yeah, drink. Yeah, that's right. Yet. They can't drink, but they're buying our booze. Come on, man. <laughs> Follow time is valuable. Thank you, kids are asleep. I'm happy for the younger writers that break in, the people who've smashed hits on their first book, but I don't think I've had enough experience to write how I want to write until recently. That's very mature, Daniel. Absolutely. It's very smart. I'd love to have more steady, slow growth as a writer over peaking early than worrying about living up to initial success. Yeah, you want initial success, and then after a couple of books, I'm like, no, wait, I think, I think I'm much better. Also, yeah. there, there are some people who have a huge success and their later books that don't do as well actually are better books. Um, yeah, but you they know, don't like have that whatever I mean, best-selling thing. But They don't have that umami. But they're... <laughs> 
They don't have that marketing they plan. They mommy, yeah. No. Also, I do think, yeah, I mean, it's all very tricky. And the, the best thing you can do is just focus on telling the stories you want to tell. Okay, Kimmy wants to be inspired. Stop being inspired by the younger writers and start being inspired with Julia Child, Susan Boyles of the world. Brilliant. Absolutely. And the Karen Joy Fowlers, who didn't even start writing until she was like, her kids were out of the house. Wow. She gave herself five years to sell a short story. Oh, wow. My first published book was my 11th written book. Some people strike gold right away, some don't. Was that, was that the first published book that got nominated for the Clark Valerie? Because, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. I don't want this to come across as a bag because it's not meant to be, but it makes me glad I have established my engineering career and it takes a massive amount of success with writing for me to stop doing it. No, that doesn't sound like a brag at all. That sounds like yeah. practical, like yeah. I am an adult and I have responsibilities. I left my and... day job because a Republican got elected governor and I was <laughs> like, I can't do this. Yeah. I've <laughs> been reading a lot of Chuck Wendig's shouty blogs reminding me to keep going recently. Hmm. Christian Riley, do I need to shout more during my podcast to keep you going? Because I will. Like, I I want to be, I, I, you know, I love Chuck. He's you a good friend. A but, you, know. you want me to do a Chuck impression? There's bees everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chuck, too. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you need to be yelled at to keep going, I am happy to do so, Christian Keep Riley. fucking going. Keep going. Me, too. I'm I have evil murder. That's enough. That's true. Just don't us. make mermaid puns. Like, nope. if you've hit the mermaid pun stage, it's time to walk away. That's true. Don't do... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If Elon Musk somehow became my boss, then I would leave this job. There you go, Daniel. We should probably end, because... We, we should eat. eat. We should... We need I've to eat. I've had a lot of wine, I'm as not, you can tell. I've not had enough, but I figured I'm the driver You're here. You're the boss? I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Mercy, say I'm the driver here but whatever I you know <laughs> is Steven still is is Steven still what are those are those what are you pointing at diving or blinking lights do I don't see, see any blinking lights I see some birds oh, okay it's they birds. could be diving they do that that's where the fish is Steven is still streaming. I don't know how long Steven Joyce is going to stream, but we're going to raid him because he's delightful. <laughs> Please tell Steven we said Murray and we love him, and uh, you guys go and be awesome and work hard and don't be intimidated or driven by anybody else's success. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Mermaids. <laughs> You just said don't write mermaid puns, and now we're mermaids for like, I'm very sorry. I just did a rake. Anyway, nice uh, nice meeting you all. Yes. Uh, t tell your... Sorry like, for my rantings and ravings. Damn it. I... This is a legit username. Why do you do this to me? Um, why don't you tell your, your, your address and I'm web stuff? I'm at Gwenda on Twitter. So there you go. <laughs> and and GwendaBond.com. Okay. And I have a Substack. It's GwendaBond.substack.com. <laughs> on Instagram. GwendaBond. Are you sensing a theme? <laughs> like, you can find me anywhere. And I just announced a new Art Heist book, which is what I'm working on here this this week with um, with Murr on the third floor. Yes. Basement um, life forever. With Del Rey. So I'm very excited. Okay. I finally, finally got the raid set up. Hashtag Murray. 
tell Steven to go to bed, probably, because it's late. Uh, Steven's in Scotland. Oh, okay. So, you know, anyway. Y'all take care. Thank you for watching Ditch Diggers. I will try to come back for I Should Be Writing Tomorrow. We'll see what we'll happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Y'all take care. Thank you for watching. Released under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Our music is from Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com Ditch Diggers! This is a free show that is funded by our patrons. You can help out at patreon.com slash mightymurr.